This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. And my, aren't we getting into the fall? It's October. I know. Incredible. <laughs> I, the Halloween decorations are up already in the yeah. stores. Yeah, the pumpkins. Yeah. Somebody was in the market with a kid and they said, do you have pumpkins yet? <laughs> I said, no, we don't have pumpkins. They're coming next week. So, uh, well, okay. We're moving right along through the seasons. Yep. And lo and behold... Um, wasn't it just last week that they told us to reduce our meat intake? Oh, that was, yes. That was the, the Lancet, plant-based diet movement. That was the EAT report, the EAT report. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, which, uh, you know, stated that we should, two reasons, eat less meat. First of all, that it's, it's carcinogenic and causes heart disease. Mm. And by the way, you know, you'll be saving the planet, you know, in oh. so doing. And so the EAT Lancet report, big, big report, made a splash. My headline on Facebook today is, Eat This, Lancet. <laughs> and it's uh, a report from an article in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Mm-hmm. New York Times headlines it this way, Eat Less Red Meat, scientists said. Now some believe that was bad advice. Okay. Subtitle, mm-hmm. the, evi- wow. the evidence is too weak to justify telling individuals to eat less beef and pork. And so... Um, this is an enormous food fight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was at my uh, high school reunion, uh, 50th high school reunion a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. And uh, I, one of my ground rules was I said, uh, let's not have any discussions about politics, religion, or diet. Yeah. And then we'll all They're get explosive. along. We'll all get along. <laughs> Fine. You know, 50 years later, yeah. no matter what our differences are, we're yeah. coming together. We're going to have some fun. So... But there's a real, it's, it is a vicious controversy. Um, this, it has gotten to the point where the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, mm-hmm. in the wake of this uh, report in the Lancet, I'm sorry, in the Analysts of Internal Medicine, yeah. the pro-meat uh, report that exonerates meat, uh, they uh, have uh, filed a lawsuit uh, so that there's to, to enjoin to get an injunction to prevent the publication of this information. Oh my. Right? That's, oh I mean, my goodness. That's like, that's pretty weird. Yeah. Is that now we're going to settle scientific uh, arguments in the courtroom, hmm. right? 
so that we're going to prevent it from because it's it's thought to be a message that could kill countless millions of people and bring about planetary destruction if we exonerate meat. Unbelievable. Yeah. They've weaponized it. Yes. <laughs> so all that the yeah. an, all that they're saying in the Annals of Internal Medicine, it's a very so what they're saying in this article is that mm -hmm. um, the headline is unprocessed red meat and processed meat consumption. Dietary guideline recommendations from the Nutritional Recommendations uh, Consortium. Uh, they're saying simply that dietary guideline recommendations require consideration of the certainty in the evidence, mm -hmm. the magnitude of potential benefits and harms, and explicit consideration of people's values and preferences. Mm -hmm. A set of recommendations on red meat and processed meat consumption was developed on the basis of uh, systematic reviews that considered all of these issues. Yeah. And what they're saying is that uh, the, the, the evidence against red meat is not strong enough. It's not. It's it, weak. It's, it's very At weak. Best. Mm -hmm. uh, they're saying that uh, they looked at, uh, you know, all the studies yeah. that suggest that meat uh, contributes to cancer or meat contributes to heart disease. Mm -hmm. And most of them are observational. Yeah. And when you do observational studies... It's not cause and effect. It's, it's really hard to separate out. So these days, it, I mean, it, they, we've sort of flipped the script because in the old days, it used to be wealthy people who ate uh, meat and poor people couldn't afford meat. Now it's the opposite. It's wealthy right. people or vegans, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. or they're eating arugula, right? You know, and and uh, and poor people are just getting like, what's for dinner? Pot roast, yeah. you know, or like bologna. You know, we got bologna and cheese sandwiches, right? You know, one dollar meal, right? At McDonald's, yeah. So something. So maybe, yeah, poor people are less likely to uh, have superb health. Uh, behaviors. Yeah. We know that uh, you can actually predict longevity based on your zip code. Yes. Uh, economic stress Food shortens deserts. your life. Yeah. Just the economic stress of like trying to make it from day to day. Yeah. Uh, there's more pollution. You know, if you mm -hmm. live in you know beautiful Monterey, California, <laughs> or you mm -hmm. know uh, you know high in a mesa in Santa Fe, you're above the pollution. Yeah. Uh, but not when you're in the inner city. Yeah. And in a food desert. Right. And you can't go out certain times of night right and all of that is a stress. violence alcohol smoking yeah. passive smoking blah 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 you mm -hmm. know so there's so many factors that confound these studies that uh they, social support so that one expert he's uh john io ioannidis and he's the guy I who remember. wrote yeah you know the headline was study of study shows most studies wrong yeah you know and he's a guy oh, he's a, a statistician watershed article yeah he's a statistician and what he's saying is he's and he's actually he called for a cessation of epidemiological studies and observational studies mm. in nutrition. He says they're worthless. Mm. They, they just cannot be uh, accomplished without uh, distortion or bias. Even Dr. Jeffrey Bland has said, what do epidemiological studies show us? Nothing. Really nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard him say it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we got we've got uh, a problem there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, so the other as to the argument of you know will it save the planet? Well, that's a different argument, and I don't think that argument should be hooked up. No, it to the be. argument about what the ideal human diet should right, be. Right. Right. Uh, 
Uh, yes, we should practice sustainable agriculture. Yes, we should reduce pollution. Mm -hmm. uh, no, we should not commit uh, horrible, uh, imposed cruelty on animals. Mm -hmm. uh, those are different considerations. But when it comes to the science of what people should eat to yeah. sustain human health, we shouldn't say, okay, well, you know, maybe meat really isn't so bad, but we have to save the planet, so we should all become vegetarians. Mm. As you know, uh, that will be at the expense of our health, in my opinion. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Because what do people substitute when they get off of meat? Carbs. Uh, often starch. Carbs. Starch grains. Yeah. More, more. That means chips. Uh, yeah, chips all of that away. stuff. Yeah. And you're exposing yourself to more pesticide, herbicide. You're not saying no to Monsanto. And you know these uh, the the observational studies also. They're not looking at, they're, they're still not making a, a distinction between all meat eaters are eating fast food. All meat eaters are having their beer and their cigarettes and their fries and their shake along with their burger, their bacon cheeseburger or whatever. So they're not making any distinction between that and the arugula eater with the grass-fed ribeye. So, so another so problem forth. too is conflicts of interest. Yes, is that many of the researchers they carry their own personal biases with them. Yeah, I have a personal bias. You have a personal bias. Yeah, but there are researchers who not only have personal biases but they also have uh, conflicts of interest because they mm -hmm. consult with companies uh, that are trying to make uh, mm -hmm. things like the Impossible Burger. Yeah, and you know they're uh, betting on that horse. Yeah, you know. So, uh, you know, we got some problems. We it's do. It's problems with the research. And this is going to roil the waters more, but I'm, I'm glad for it because it was time that a responsible group of researchers pushed back against what seemed to be like this monolithic recommendation. Okay, this, this exalted committee in The Lancet, the world's leading medical journal, uh, has now uh, decreed once and for all time that we should reduce our animal protein consumption. That will also help the planet on other levels if we're told not to have babies anymore, Dr. Hoffman. Well, if you're going to eat a Kellogg's cornflake diet, what's going to happen to your libido? <laughs> right? And so forth. And, and so the, it's, it snowballs into even more and more and more of, uh, I don't know. Reductio ad absurdum, I think. Right. Okay. So let's, let's get to questions. Radio program at AOL.com is the place for questions. We also have, a, in part two, we'll talk about a nice article on uh, fish oil supplements that uh, hit the news today. Uh, but let's get to questions. Okay, we have an email from Dorothy. Is there any pre-testing for ALS or supplements to include that may be helpful? My father died many years ago from ALS. Now that I'm 70, I'm concerned since I seem to be having some muscle pain in my right arm. Okay, boom. for several so weeks. How old is the person? She's seventy. She's has seventy, and she has muscle pain in her mm -hmm. right arm. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the world of post seventy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm for gonna, several weeks. I'm about to celebrate my sixty seventh birthday, and you know, uh -huh. every every morning, I do an assessment. Uh huh. You know, I, I I get out of bed slowly, and it's like, hmm, how am I doing? <laughs> you know. Is there something that's hurting? Uh -huh. And since I exercise, usually there is. Yeah, know. yeah. Uh, so that is, uh, first of all, this is the the relative is what a co a cousin. Uh, father died many years ago from ALS. Father died. So is ALS? So she's concerned. Is ALS hereditary? Yes, it probably is partially hereditary, but only very partially hereditary. Just like Alzheimer's is partially hereditary, mm -hmm. and 
uh, heart disease is partially hereditary and cancer is partially hereditary. Uh, and so yeah. uh, through genetic testing, we may be able to hone in on a gene, certainly not probably a gene, but a set of genes that are predisposing for ALS. We probably mm -hmm. won't find that there is the ALS gene, but they're hot on the trail of uh, genetic prediction of these diseases. Yeah. Um, that's not ready for prime time. Uh, we're doing some genetic uh, work right now, which uh, speaks to the issue of whether the brain is susceptible to neurodegenerative disorders. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Uh, you know what's meaningful for Alzheimer's or Parkinson's may not be meaningful for for ALS. There, yeah. you know, different parts of the brain, different processes may be involved. So um, when it comes to ALS uh, prevention, um, it appears that there are some subtypes of ALS. Some of the subtypes of ALS may be uh, more amenable to antioxidant uh, strategies and things like yeah. glutathione, sulforaphane. For detox. Right. That it has to do with toxins more than you know, being exposed to any kind of pesticides. There's also or the theory that uh, mm -hmm. algae, toxic algae, may be the cause of certain types of ALS. Mm. Uh, that's a controversial theory. There was an article about it in Forbes magazine recently. They proposed serine as the antidote yeah, to that. Yeah, L-serine. But, but serine would only work if it were to reverse that subtype of Alzheimer's mm -hmm. or ALS. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think if you encounter someone who says they have a cure for ALS, you should do a 180 and run in the opposite direction. Mm. Uh, even, you know, even in the field of integrated medicine. And, and you know, I think that anybody who makes that claim is unethical and untruthful. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We can support patients with ALS. I've treated patients with ALS. Yes. I think we've kept them uh, healthier and yeah. more functional for longer, but there's not in my mind a surefire strategy. Yeah. So potent antioxidants, glutathione, glutathione boosters like N-acetylcysteine, vitamin Z. Avoidance of neuroexcitatory uh, things like uh, MSG. Oh, MSG aspartame. is a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the theory that... Uh, aspartame is NutraSweet, ladies and gentlemen. That mm -hmm. diet soda that you're after, for right. example, is still sweetened with aspartame. Right. So that More these may have uh, effects where they, uh, in effect, uh, sort of burn out certain parts of the brain mm -hmm. uh, with hyper-excitatory stimuli. Mm -hmm. You need ample amounts of magnesium, B vitamins, amino acids... So making sure you have ample protein in your diet. There's phase one and phase two detoxification of the liver. You want to make sure both phases are, are mm -hmm. working well. And, and for if this were a person coming in to see me and really wanted to do a deep dive on it, I would say, you know, let's do some genetic testing to see yeah. if you have certain weak pathways. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily pathways that say, oh, you are going to definitely get ALS, but... But what are your be, vulnerabilities? What are the vulnerabilities that, that can to, be helped? It might translate to ALS. It might translate to uh, earlier cognitive decline. It yeah. might uh, translate to a movement disorder like Parkinson's. It doesn't... Mm. These... Another uh, toxin-mediated condition. These pathways possibly. may be common pathways in many neurodegenerative disorders. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of which part of the brain or which process will it hit first. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, do do Dorothy, take your antioxidants, boost your glutathione. But above all, don't worry, because yeah. I think there's the, a pain in the arm, and a father with ALS does not uh, 
a, a case of pre-ALS make. Yeah, yeah. So don't fear so much. Do get checked out. Dorothy, thank you for your email. Yeah, no, a neurologist can perform the check yeah. if you're concerned. Good point at which to pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. So here goes, listen up. If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. We have an email. We have a question here. Please discuss the pros and cons of magnesium. The only con I can think of, Dr. Hoffman, you take enough magnesium, you might get diarrhea. Yeah, but that could be a plus. But that could be a plus if you're constipated, <laughs> right? right? right. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, so, I mean, to be precise, yeah. we have some patients who are on dialysis or they're yeah. on, they have very high creatinine because of renal failure, and they have to explain what... Oh, happens yeah. There, yeah. What happens, you want to make sure that you're not giving that person with chronic uh, renal, uh, uh, chronic kidney disease or advanced renal failure magnesium because the kidneys are going to have a hard time. Now, would that happen when somebody has a creatinine of like 1.4 or yeah. if, mm -hmm. already at that point? Already at that point, if it's on the way or on the yeah. trend moving towards that, we want to be careful with magnesium. Okay, we would maybe measure levels. We would measure levels. You don't want to give them 1,200 milligrams of right. magnesium. Maybe 200 is okay. But to each is unique. Uh, right. We have to look at each situation. And I think the main, uh, the most, the biggest concern about magnesium is that it has some cardiac effects, beneficial cardiac beneficial, effects. Beneficial, yeah. But it can also cause changes in the ST interval of the electrocardiogram, and it's like has to do with. Uh, electrical conduction and mm -hmm. you know heart rate, so they yeah. can cause. I mean, frankly, very high levels of uh, magnesium could cause heart block. Right. Technically, okay. Technically. Okay. Well, eat too many apples and you'll get a stomach ache. You know, one apple may right. keep the doctor away, but eat a bucket full so, and you're so going to have a stomach ache. So we're concentrating on the downsides because the, downside, the upsides yeah. are so, so voluminous. Many. And you're going to write an article on it. Oh, that? yeah, yeah. This person doesn't want to hear us talk about it anyway. They want an article. They, they want an article. So I'm going to, I'm going to do an article. Okay. Yeah. To each his own. Some people right. I mean, like the, you know, podcast format. Some people say, I can't, you know, yeah. it hurts my ears. I'm yeah. going to, Somebody I said, please write about it. <laughs> I want to okay. read an article. Okay. So they're old school. <laughs> oh, gosh. So thank you for that. You could read about it more in the Intelligent Medicine newsletter. It should be coming out this week. Okay. Or next week. As every week. Or is. next week. It well, does. that article exactly. Out, yeah. exactly. Boy, this is not a week we... I mean, man, we're putting a lot of effort into that. 52 yeah. weeks a year content? 52 weeks a That's year. That's a lot of content. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, some people put out a newsletter like every month, right. or something like that, or every yeah. quarterly.、Mm-hmm. We're cranking one out every 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 week, and it's free, ladies and gentlemen. You can unsub- unsubscribe also at any time, or you could not、yeah. read it. But yeah, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like nobody's putting a gun to your head, right? <laughs> We have an email from Bob. Hi, Doctor H and Layla. I was recently diagnosed with Barrett's esophagus. I'm a 71-year-old male in good health. Otherwise, I'm a BRCA2 positive. That's it, a male. That's a male. Okay, why is that important? Uh, well, uh, he's got that gene、the、for gene. breast cancer. That、yeah. gene, I don't know if that's really even associated with esophageal cancer risk. It's、uh, a breast cancer gene. Yes. And so it, it does call for a little more.、Uh, you know, right. Men have about one percent of all the breast cancer,、mm-hmm. which is very low. But you know, considering all the breast cancer that's there, you know, there's, there's quite a few thousand men who get breast cancer. Right.、There. So he says, I'm a BRCA2 positive and an 18-year survivor survivor of BRCA and a 10-month survivor. Of a sebaceous gland adenoma. I guess he had breast cancer. Yeah. Okay. Eighteen years ago. Oh wow. My younger brother died at forty-three of a rare and aggressive form of, of esophageal cancer after being diagnosed with Barrett's.、Okay. So there's something more going on with that、yeah. family than just a BRCA2. And his brother was also BRCA2 positive. Okay, so there, BRCA2, I don't think determines esophageal cancer risk. Yeah. I think there's some cancer vulnerability in that family that、mm-hmm. maybe multi-gene. Uh, variations that predispose to less good cancer surveillance. You know, we、yeah. all have cancer surveillance mechanisms. Cancer、yeah. events may occur spontaneously in the body. The body edits that, fixes it, puts it to rest. But when those defenses fail, cancer can emerge. Yeah, yeah. All fixing and repairing that DNA sequencing. Yeah, that is so important, and it's very important that you don't have the toxic overload, so that. Your 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 body machinery and repair processes can do that effectively. A twelve-hour fast every night is critical that, to making sure that your body has the time not just to rest. It's a, a cleanup. Recuper- it's a it's a cleanup, a house、yep. cleaning, and repair.、Mm-hmm. So it's all that and the handyman、mm-hmm. to fix those problems. And you need a full twelve hours minimum. Well, okay. So let's summarize. Yeah. This guy has had breast cancer. He has Barrett's esophagus, which、yeah. is somewhat. Yeah, and he's seventy-one. And he's seventy-one, and he has a brother who died of esophageal cancer. Yeah, at forty-three. Wow. Which、okay. is so he probably needs, on his mind. Like、mind. a lot of anti-cancer nutrients, so we、totally. can think of some of them. They're sulforaphane, sulforaphane,、uh, dim, dim, all these、AHCC. are broccoli sprout, HCC, which is you know a advanced hexoscorelated compound.、Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs adequate vitamin D. He might need fish oil as a natural anti-inflammatory. Curcumin is also good. Green tea is also green good. Tea. Green tea, especially against esophageal cancer. Yes. Drink green tea and/or take supplements of green mm-hmm. tea. Mm-hmm.、Um, you know.、Uh, Quite a few. And acetyl glucose. Tocotrienols are now emerging. Delta tocotrienols are now emerging. Vitamin C definitely, because certainly vitamin C is very good anti-cancer. Yeah. Also, well, here's a controversial one. I think for cancer prevention, folate is very good. If you have active cancer, got to be a little careful with folate. So it it's one of those things that is duality. I wouldn't give it to someone who has active cancer, but maybe. And I've given it to uh, uh, Barrett's esophagus、uh, patients successfully. Selenium, maybe. Yeah, yeah. about 150, 200 micrograms a day. If you eat a few Brazil nuts a day, you're getting、mm-hmm. a, a nice amount of selenium as well. Right. Yeah.、Um, and yeah. as to diet, you, you should know, be on a GERD type diet. 
So Did you, you want to make, you, we've seen cases where Barrett's has regressed. Many has cases. Has gotten better. Yeah. Many cases. Has gotten better. Many cases. You they, want, you want your esophagus to have a, can, exactly. And you want patients where they, they've said they're, they're ecstatic. They come in, they said, right. my, for my last checkup, they couldn't find any. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is a case where a precancer can regress yes. and not progress. Right, right. That has happened. And we've seen that happen. And you want to be on a GERD-type diet. You want to take things also like L-glutamine, which helps with the repair mm -hmm. of the lining. Glutamine could be helpful. Yes, of the esophagus. And again, in the case of an already, in, in the setting of an already existing cancer, we also are careful with glutamine. Right. Glutamine yeah. has a duality too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to have too much... But having some, it's the preferred form of feeding for, for, the, mucosa. for the intestinal mucosa, so it's helpful. All right, Bob. We hope that helps you out. You should visit a nutritionist to give you a proper GERD diet to help you with that. Well, i got to say, uh, we have uh, reached the time limit for part one. Wow. But uh, in addition to our consideration of a new uh, surprising article on... Uh, the cardiovascular benefits of fish oil. Um, mm -hmm. What are we going to take up? What's our next question? Oh, I have relentless kidney stones. Help! Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say that, I sometimes think like, do you really, Layla? It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's a question. No. It's a question. Knock wood. Knock All right. So we'll return and field more questions. Radio program at AOL.com, the destination for questions. And we'll be right back with more of this weekly edition of Q&A with Layla. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.